1: Hello, Joe. Hello. Welcome to The Windsor Knot, a royal wedding podcast.
0: I feel very comfortable this week because we've denied, been denied mic stands, so we're holding our mics like... Um uh, by the pitch Presenters oh. At football We've got no pop
1: shields so It might be a bit more poppy I've Got no sheepskin jacket If it sounds weird It's because we're so relaxed yeah, I'm too relaxed I feel like a lounge singer so Or a 1970s come. Irish comedian Yeah just like leaning Because that's the thing I'm leaning way more Back in my chair And it's squeaking as well So you might have to put up With some little squeaks Uh <laughs> I'm Daniel Cooper, speaking of Little Squeaks, and I'm joined by Joe Scrabbles. Yes, yes, hello. Um, things have
0: a very floral nature this week, Joe. They do. We are going to talk, in, as if to prove that the British press, and indeed us, can turn anything about this bloody wedding into a into a subject, we're going to be talking about flowers. Uh, Just the, flowers. Strap yourself in, whole hour about flowers, everyone. I mean you say that as if we're going to have like a twist where it's not going to be that. That's what's <laughs> happening. Is. like, I've is got some it, great stuff. about There's some interesting here. stuff. Don't worry about it. Coming, we're coming for you. Titch Marsh. This is in a, another podcast category. Titch Marsh is getting mentioned later. Hey. Yeah. Um, this, this all kicked off, uh, much in the same way as the cake was announced. We got a big announcement, uh, over the weekend, the long weekend. I hope you all had a lovely long weekend. Uh, that uh, Megan and Harry, probably mostly Megan because she's well into flowers. Apparently, she used to write blogs about them. Um, were so had think chosen. Is there anything so she didn't do a
1: blog about? I know, right? Who knows about the tick Sounded woman. like an
0: absolute nightmare to navigate. <laughs> Who knows? The you know. Did you ever have a blog back in the day when that was cool? Um, not really. You could get little blog plugins on my blog. Uh, which was all about the music I loved And wanted to share with my friends and fans Fuck it out uh, It was called Music from a Green Window Serious? Yeah, because lot... I used to sit and uh, There's a WordPress, like a later WordPress version of it But on my original Blogspot version um, There was uh, like a plugin There was like a word cloud And all your tags appeared as a cloud And they were bigger if you'd written about them more I bet the word cloud for the TIG Is impossible and huge it just
1: takes over the page anyway. That's a bit of a, a miasma, digression. Miasma of SEO tags.
0: But we know the flowers and the florist of the royal wedding. And let me tell you all about it. As per Vanity Fair, Prince Harry and Meghan Markle will. Can you guess it? Buck tradition with a high fashion florist. God, they're just so damn unorthodox, oh, Joe. They're absolutely just kick. You might. They might as well be kicking an archbishop over. Wealthy's gone,
1: slaying centuries of tradition. Oh no, lemon and elderflower it is Yeah,
0: that's it, we'll get there and all the flowers will be Jesus. normal Prince Harry and Meghan Markle have broken with tradition yet again By opting for a fashionable central London-based florist To dress St George's Chapel and St George's Hall on their wedding day While Kate and William followed in Prince Charles's footsteps By choosing royal warrant holder Shane Connolly To fill Westminster Abbey with an avenue of trees Which sounds more, like, that sounds very ostentatious, yeah. doesn't it? Than just some flowers. Uh, I don't know why I'm sounding so mean about this. I don't care. Harry and Meghan have opted for Philippa Craddock, the palace said on Sunday. Cradders. Cradders. Patak and Cradders. That's the two. <laughs> Cake and Floors. It's like an 80s cop duo. Patak and Craddock. Yeah. It's quite good, actually. Known in the industry as a trendsetter, whom Tatler described as a floral mastermind, Craddock claimed. <laughs> 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 Craddock claims to be able to create any bride's dream From a secret garden in a palace Which, you know, she might as well be yeah. To an
1: outdoor botanical romance She can do it all, Craddock Yeah, she can And anything in between It doesn't say that Promising, to, It does stipulate Has to involve flowers at some
0: level You would hope flowers would be involved yeah. Promising clients We will make it happen And most importantly Ensure that you are centre stage on the day not the flowers We won't
1: put the we flowers between We will make a flower you. version of you and replace you in the
0: night Have you watched Annihilation? <laughs> I loved it, said Kraddus You're now a big buttercup
1: <laughs> I'm
0: part of Mushroom Oh <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah uh, Sorry, I just got distracted Royal Watch, not by anything I just got distracted by my own brain Royal Watch has revealed Royal Watch is, I think, the section of Vanity Fair I'm reading I'm not sure Maybe it's just another company. Royal Watch has revealed that Markle has been taking the lead in regard to her bridal bouquets. Prince Harry's fiancé met with the Queen at Windsor in February to discuss the wedding arrangements, and the monarch offered the services of the palace staff, which is used to dress the chapel and the staterooms. Meghan and Harry instead opted for Craddock Whose fair trade designs are favoured By some of the world's leading fashion houses In a statement issued on Sunday Kensington Palace said that Craddock will direct A team including, including Florists from St George's Chapel and Buckingham Palace To create the displays at St George's Chapel And for St George's Hall Which I like because the idea that she's In charge, she's like storming in Like substitute teacher for all these people Who do it normally and then she's like "No, Put the posies over there <laughs> Uh, Speaking about being chosen For the coveted commission Of the royal wedding Craddock said I am excited and honoured To have been chosen By Prince Harry And Miss Meghan Markle To design and create Their wedding flowers Create their wedding flowers She's she growing Germinating them Germinate them up Working with them Has been an absolute pleasure The process has been Highly collaborative Free flowing Creative and fun The final designs Will represent them As a couple Maybe they are going to be Big Annihilation style Flower people animals Which I always (laughs) aim To achieve in my work all They've never mentioned that With Right get this With local sourcing Seasonality And sustainability Seasonality what? And sustainability Being at the forefront Remember You're cutting them Craddock and Patak Are birds of a flower Because Patak If you remember Said about the cake That they They the couple Really share the same values As I do about food provenance Sustainability Seasonality And less applicable Flavour <laughs> they love it apparently some and in the ultimate marriage apart from the royal marriage some of the flowers are going to be on the cake some melding of worlds I wonder if the elder flowers are coming from Craddock
1: God Who knows what's going on Sustainability and seasonality These are the buzzwords, Joe
0: Yes, but since that announcement We got a confirmation of what the actual flowers are going to be Oh, lovely And I've got a rundown of them And because I like reading absolute horse shit I've also written down all the things they symbolise So what we've got are A beautiful bouquet of white garden roses Straight down the line, wedding staple Innocence, charm and purity Easy. That's what you want. They're going to have some branches of beech. Beech tree. Uh, this tree, the beech, is related to study and knowledge. I like that you say beech. A beech. This tree is related to study and knowledge. It also invites to meditation. I don't know if this was written by an English speaker. Allowing us to connect with our ancestors and their ancestral wisdom. Beech trees are believed to enhance creativity and to pertain to wisdom and the written word. So I think that's helping her with her calligraphy. Yep. Standard. It all
1: makes sense. Cradles nose.
0: Bit of birch, obviously. One of the most sacred trees in Celtic mythology, symbolizing new beginnings and Get protection, obviously. Bit of hornbeam, which is a tree I'd never heard
1: I've of. I've never heard of a <laughs>
0: hornbeam. Uh, but their resilience and strength, pretty standard tree stuff. And then a couple, like the other two <laughs> flowers that they've got. So that's three trees, one flower so far. There's two more flowers. Tr- two more, more flowers. On the trees. Yeah, Wedding. well we've got equal trees and flowers by the end. But the last two flowers both have like quite negative symbol symbology. Not lilies. Uh not lilies. Although they usually they often have apparently lily of the valley, which is a slightly different kind of lily. But it doesn't mean death. It doesn't mean death, but it is poisonous. <laughs> uh but apparently loads of them have had that. Uh Peonies. Oh or yeah. Peonies.
1: Peonies. Yeah. Which are
0: apparently Markle's favourite. Uh they symbolise Romance, prosperity, good fortune, a happy marriage Riches, honour and compassion But they can also mean bashfulness
1: That's not the worst quality No, there's
0: a big debate about uh, peonies in Ch- Apparently
1: in China it traditionally means I love you
0: Peony? Yeah Oh, that's quite good um, There's a big debate about the peonies Because they can come in white And apparently all your flowers usually have to be white but Markle likes
1: them not-white. Gee, again, turning down convention, Joe! And so what if she turns up with a bloody pink bouquet? What are the, What are the press going to do then? <laughs> she might just be having, like, a little saurine banana malt, though. <laughs> Hopefully we'll have another, like, hour worth
0: of crap to talk about. <laughs> uh, and finally, the worst of the lot, foxgloves. Here we go. Foxglove flowers have both positive and negative symbolic meanings. They are said to sometimes hurt and sometimes heal. In the language of flowers, mm-hmm. foxglove is associated with insincerity. That's not good for What's that BK. about? The language of flowers is actually called floriography. Is it? Well, there you go. In floriography, foxglove is associated with insincerity, which implies that she's going to be holding a
1: little bouquet and then she's like, I do. It's <laughs> like <Just> is <that laughs> doing a little bit of subtle floral satire.
0: I don't know. Maybe Cradders is getting. I feel like she's
1: undercutting them. Somewhere. Getting
0: deep in there. Um. Now, you've got some, like, history of flowers, don't you? Well, it's
1: more like, yeah, because um, my mum's a very keen gardener. My grandfather was actually a professional gardener. What was he? He um, kept the gardens for the Bishop of Blackburn. Hello. So I come from a family... Did he know family- Welby? What if he knew one of the Welbys? Is Welby? Welby's the bishop who's doing the ceremony. You know, Ooh, the... that Welby, of oh, the Welbys. The naughty bishop. <laughs> We
0: can't call him Naughty Bishop. His dad's naughty, yeah. he's not naughty. Although he's, he's apparently
1: actually. very unconventional. And he yeah. Wasn't I read a Guardian thing about him, <laughs> wasn't it? Wasn't it actually he was, his real dad? He was drinking a pint in the Guardian. Jesus. Yes. Um, so I've actually taken this very seriously, Joe. Mm. I've um, done a little potted history of... well, more different Potted? Thi- nice. Cultural history um, about um, why brides might have flowers on their wedding day. Okay, And through different periods of time, they've either signified different things or we've ascribed them different meanings or why they were used. So um, during the Middle Ages and the Elizabethan times... It was believed that brides carried very pungent, sweet-smelling flowers because they probably didn't bathe that regularly and probably mm. smelled quite, quite bad. On Stand the cast wedding day. bride. So, um, flowers and scented herbs could serve as more than decor for fragrant brides and grooms. A clutch of garlic stems or roses and fresh rosemary can mask any personal pungency with evocative scents from the garden. And the kitchen. I love the smell of garlic so if, and wild garlic. Get yeah, them both in. I think that's quite a nice smell, because I do like garlic. But it's like, even if you don't have access to a garden, get some stuff in from the kitchen. Easy. So, it's to, so yeah, before personal hygiene was at a premium for a prospective partner, mm. you might be walking down the aisle with someone with just a bit of rosemary, <laughs> masking the smell of beer. Oh, I just think they were a delicious lamb. mean back then, just, just used to it, though. Yeah, there's I BO think everyone everywhere. just got used to. They were just like, ah, oh, there's stinks everywhere. As once like the started being cleaned up. Do you think everyone was just going, this is amazing. Well, I, I ac- can smell stuff.
0: I accidentally bought uh, a deodorant without an anti-odorant element the other day, just a body, a body spray. They, there's loads of them,
1: mate. And yeah, so, I've had that before. You buy the wrong one. I've also bought the wrong one, where it leaves like, big old white, white crusts powder, the white powder, and you're like, I'm dying. It, I'm feels like it
0: feels like you're ash. It feels like you're. thought like myself. <laughs> it's really weird. But I bought one of those, and I immediately noticed my own stank.
1: <laughs> it's bad, in, isn't it? Bad when you get halfway through a day and yeah. you realise. Oh, and shit. these days, you just go. Oh, everyone must know. Oh. <laughs> I must
0: be an absolute disgrace. But then you. Which is why I was crying. meet other people time.
1: who have beer and you're like, you just, you just not realise. Oh, some people. You, you really got to put, you get a handle of, yeah, on that. you got your own little ecosystem. Stick some garlic under there. Um, Smell like a pot roast. So, and then the next one, mm-hmm. um, in the Middle Ages. Pungent herbs were used, such as garlic and chives, to ward off evil spirits well, from yes. your wedding day. Now, I got really into this. And I <laughs> of course so- you
0: did. As soon as you read evil spirits, yeah. you got a little
1: grin so on your I face. So I went and found a, an encyclopedia of... Um, it's got it's got www.ghostlyactivities.com i've bookmarked it yes. forward slash herbs dash protect dash evil dash spirits so it's a rundown of popular herbs and spices and plants that you might have at your disposal yes please and what they can do i'm not going to lie to you joe a lot of them just say banish demons well why wouldn't they but um, straight to the source for instance anise can banish demons Little closer when used correctly. Oh wait, but the rest of them just do it. <laughs> also, I like some matter of fact. A lot of these are start Can banish demons. Since it's toxic, you might want to make an amulet. Well, obviously, wait—is that and an easy? No, there's no hyperlink to make an amulet. Oh, you I just feel- might want to
0: make an amulet. If you, if you don't know how to make an amulet, you, I mean, you shouldn't be on the website in the first
1: place. Basil. It's not the strongest protective herb, but it will keep minor demons it's at not bay. The where you sprinkle it on the floor. We call this one Imp Maximum. <laughs> you're only getting it's as like, high as Imp. It's not the strongest, but you
0: Minor demon. If, if you tried to go up to an incubus and show him your
1: Basil, he will laugh in your face. Funny you should say incubus. Um. <gasps> caraway seeds you want to get caraway because these seeds will keep away incubi and succubi it's a two for one
0: caraway that sounds like what you'd have to shout out <laughs>
1: Caraway at incubi
0: caraway incubi <laughs> caraway that sounds succubi. like someone that sounds like someone who might work on this wedding Girls <laughs> hello who's the, i'm
1: who's, uh, <laughs> who's doing the food um
0: caraway incubi oh yes first of the the this list, i count caraway incubi <laughs> He, pr-
1: he favours seasonality, sustainability, and Satanism. Mm. Um, I
0: that- think we do have to remember sometimes that there is someone called Baron von Westenholtz who will likely
1: be at this wedding. Yep. You really do have to remind yourself yep. that these someone people could- exist. Um, dandelion. And Separated th- This one its- doesn't sound too special. Dandelion, you would find it in many of the fields of England. You um, would. On the English countryside. Beautiful. You can take flowers or roots and bathe with them to clear out your negative energy. See, that sounds quite... New Age. Uh, it's not very like sounds a actual bit like magic for me. But then, Death there's of a, Ophelia. But then there's a final clause. Um, so you can bathe with them to clear out your negative energy and form a white light shield. Whoa! <laughs> what? I can do a white what, light. Wait, is shield. that only
0: in your bath? Though I'm not staying in a bath because it takes modesty.
1: Like a small white <laughs> light
0: shield. It's like a little <laughs> spirit, like an aura loincloth <laughs> it's,
1: like, it's like an enchanted fig leaf. <laughs> Uh, very small in my case. Oh, uh, I don't believe that's true. Uh, vinegar, I love vinegar. Uh, <laughs> vin- <laughs> what a weird aside! I just really like vinegar, um, all types.
0: Uh, <laughs> oh, you ever had a balsamic vinegar glaze? It costs loads in Tesco, but it's well worth it with some
1: spinach. But it's very good. Like um, it can disrupt magic stop ghosts and spirits from manifesting and keeps demons away.
0: I think of all of these, vinegar's the most likely to keep normal, real people away as well. Like, it stings, it burns, it makes you sick if you drink it. Like, it is a weapon. And it's good on chips. And it's
1: wicked on chips. Like, Uh, yeah, you could just give them some chips and say, fuck off, have some vinegar. (laughs) So this is my favourite one and say it's the last. It is... um, the, the bean. Bean.
0: <laughs> any old bean. There's the loads a of them. any old bean.
1: Um, and I love this. Bear in mind, this is on ghostlyactivities.com where they told you you could use a bit of a dandelion to make a white light shield. Yeah. Bean. We're not sure if this is legit. What? You can throw beans or spit a single bean at a ghost or evil spirit <laughs> to drive it away temporarily. I understand why you gave the full URL for this site now. <laughs> You can throw beans or spit a single one at a ghost or evil spirit to drive it away temporarily.
0: I know you search for this at work today and i am and I sit directly across from you, and I am upset that I didn't realize that you were reading something this good just through body language uh. alone.
1: <laughs> So there you go. If, you've, if you're haunted by a um, poltergeist, um, you can spit a single bean at it to get a moment's rest.
0: As, as a peek behind the curtain, when researching this show, it is a lot of looking for like the weirdest possible thing. Yeah, like I've that read that a million horse. versions of that same story. That's just the funniest written. Today, I found a fucking Mary Claire wrote an April Fool's story that fooled me. So I got halfway through reading about the fake bridesmaids that were going to be at the wedding, and I was getting excited because halfway down, there was a dog... And I was like, this is amazing! This is going to be the best thing we read on the show! And then at the end, it's like, April Fool's (laughs) arseholes.
1: Don't get your hopes up. Marie! Uh, um, The next one was, flowers mean something. But I think you've kind of covered that off with floriography. So I'm Mm. going to move on to my final application. Well, explanation of why people have historically used um, flowers. And this mainly applies to Roman and Greek periods of time. Okay, Where there are symbols of life and fertility. But also... To get you in the mood, oh, for what? For their aphrodisiac purposes. Oh, for the
0: what are they? What's that horrible word they give to sex after a wedding? Consummation. Mm. It's such such a bad word for it. What, what was is it? it?
1: Consummated. Who do? Reminds me of Was it what? A very clear, cold soup. Is that what that is? consummate I think so. It's a very distilled soup.
0: Oh I mean. yeah, they always do it as like a fancy thing in Master Chef towards yeah, the end. Consomme. Mm.
1: I've never thought so about just it that way. Make some instant noodles. You Um, Sounds like you've made your own clear soup (laughs) Many times Uh, To get you in the mood Right So I went through some herbs Mm. That might make you frisky Um, Dill and marigold apparently was frequently used Marigold? And they both incite lust is the description Incite lust I feel that way when I see see marigolds (laughs) Dill though Dill's like... I feel like dill is such like an Eastern European and also Scandinavian herb. I've had dill quite a lot. And it's such like a little frondy thing. It doesn't yeah. look...
0: It's, it's not got it the... It weak and limp. It's not got the, the
1: brute phallic force of a bean. It doesn't have the, <laughs> it doesn't have the um, density of a, a woody herb. No. Rosemary or oh, a thick thyme. Rosemary takes
0: about half a kilo of weight to get those bits off sometimes. <laughs>
1: um, mint. Mint is very good, apparently. And not just because it makes your breath smell fresh. Yeah. smell of peppermint has been said to boost the sexual imagination of women. Imagination? Oh, you're measuring that in a lab. The smell of it. What's double blind for that? Not even the taste of it, the smell of it. Maybe double blind is what they came up with. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Very good, very good. And then finally, I kind of got onto this mixture, this concoction that was used in the Middle Ages and also around the time of the Crusades. It's called Hippocras. Have you ever heard of this? No. So I imagine that's, it's, that's a Greek word. Um, is it Hippocrine? Anyway. More well, like um, the Hippocratic Oath is it's health. So does well. it just mean like it's healthy herb? Health. It was used in weddings. It contained cinnamon oil and um, coriander or cilantro, if you're from America. And... It was imported throughout wrong. Europe. It was imported... What, sorry? I was just saying, if you're wrong, yeah. it's cilantro. Yeah. Arugula, We've covered this before. Arugula rocket. Come on, guys. Both are.
0: Rocket's a cool name. Why would you want to call anything arugula <laughs> when you could call it missile?
1: Yeah, dill. <laughs> yeah, Dil, we actually um, call that Apollo 11. Yeah. <laughs> um, so... So the weird thing about this this thing was it was kind of banned in South America because it stimulated the libido too much, Whoa! apparently. And, but Positively priatic. Because it's like, there's no set recipe for it over many different periods. It's like, it's a lot of different things. Usually coriander, usually cinnamon to some degree. Yeah. And because I was doing like these little Google haul on this, I, I found that cinnamon is very common in a lot of cultures to stimulate the libido. Well, I suppose it's lot like- Spa- yeah, well, as for cinnamon, it brings the heat. Oh. Cinnamon oil is directly applied to the genitals. Oh, no, as a, thank you. As a sex enhancement in many cultures. 100% not doing that. So it's like smelling like Christmassy and burning. So I remember once um, with work at IGN, we went and had a very nice Christmas meal in a very nice private members club just off, what street is it? Shaftesbury Avenue. Mm and our, this is about five years ago, our boss bought this and it was lovely, lovely meal. And the people running the restaurant thought it would be a delightfully festive idea to put cinnamon into the air conditioning. Cinnamon no. is related to mace. It is a, it is a real irritant. People were throwing up. <laughs> <laughs> people had to leave the room. People people were in the I was down near the other end. Oh people my were near God. the air conditioning vent, were inhaling it and they didn't know what was happening. Yeah. And they were like, eyes were Terrorist watering, attack. they were like choking up. This, a lot of them had to leave the room and go to the bathroom. That's absolutely. Like, they insane. they nearly poisoned us. It's a really like imagine that burning the yeah, like, it, the inside of your getting lungs. Getting in your lungs al- Alveoli. Alveoli. Yeah. I was gonna say That's ai- why I'm a- sure. I was gonna say aioli. <laughs> a lot of garlic <laughs> it was, mentions. It was all in that. Yeah. Um but yeah, don't I can't imagine them putting on your nuts. Well, on
0: the on the subject of a you know that, uh there's something of a tangent, but and one of my ex's exes uh had an incident with um uh like a warming gel where it didn't stop warming, it kept warming. <laughs> And had to go to A&E because really? he was being warmed too much on the old gentleman's house. Um, yeah. It's bad, isn't it? And his play cabin was absolutely on fire. He, um, Yeah, it was no good as far as I heard. So I'm, uh, but I've, apparently I've, in some
1: cultures, they are... They are- Cinnamon oil. I've sworn off the stuff. Is the, is the thing that is being massaged in that region. So that's what they're going to use all the flowers for at the, <laughs> the Yeah, I don't know how we got here. I
0: but, liked it. Uh, but there you go. There's nothing quite like a rabbit hole of information. I've got two more tiny little things, which is... Um, I thought there was going to be a massive list of these, but there isn't really. But there's a couple of like genuinely interesting little traditions that um, royal brides have to do with flowers. Sorry, I've got hiccups all of a sudden. Oh, That's yeah, bad, sure. isn't it? Um, and there's, so there's two. They're both quite recent traditions. One's from Queen Victoria and one's from the Queen Mother. The one from co- the Queen Mother is very nice, which is that the bride's bouquet is always left on the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier oh. by Westminster Abbey uh, because the oh, Queen Mother non-colic. had left her flowers before she went into the wedding uh, on the memorial in honour of her brother Fergus, who was killed in World War I. She's genuinely lovely, and it they all lovely. do it now. But it, it kind creates, of breaks my heart as well. It creates a weird situation where Megan has to send her flowers to Westminster Abbey from Windsor. Oh, yeah. It's really odd. So she's going to have to get, like, a taxi, like an Uber for her flowers. Yeah, mate, can you say these?
1: Where, where do you want me to say them?
0: Uh, oh, well, be you're done. Get in here. <laughs> Take them to your house. <laughs> uh, and the other one, which I think is extra interesting, is that... Imagine like,
1: if she can't drop the pin on the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier and he just ends up yeah, whizzing them somewhere. Weird. Yeah, it just sticks him on a... McDonald's. ...pret. <laughs> um, <laughs> there's, um...
0: Apparently, they didn't mention this, but I think it will probably be a thing. All uh, royal brides since Queen Victoria have had a sprig of myrtle, uh, which sounds like a cool place in Scotland. The sprig of myrtle. Uh, which is, um, well, don't really, myrtle's like a little white, sort of cascading flower, mm. as far as I can tell. I had a look at it.
1: I tell you, I feel like you've been in a single Google haul with me today. The word cascade is used a lot in relation oh, to really? flowers. Yep. So, uh, uh, this comes
0: direct from the mouth of beloved uh, daytime TV gardener, Alan Titchmuth, Titchmarsh. Uh, if you don't know his words he's uh, quite dull. And uh, he said this. To Lorraine uh, on daytime TV, Meghan will have a little bit of myrtle in her bouquet. Since Queen Victoria's wedding, when they took cuttings of the myrtle that was in it, so in her bouquet, and grew them at Osborne House on the Isle of Wight, and every royal bride since then has a little has a little bit of that myrtle. So the myrtle that was in Queen Victoria's thing is now
1: in hers. Although, interestingly, <laughs> in my head, you, like you were saying. A bit of myrtle in your life. And I imagine you being like, Lou Baker. Lou Baker,
0: Mambo number 5.
1: <laughs> A little bit of
0: myrtle. In, in your, your bouquet. Um, but <laughs> I, fun thing is that the queen, our queen, my queen. Liz. She took some of that myrtle and then took that myrtle she'd taken and replanted it. And then Kate had myrtle
1: from the queen's myrtle. So there's multiple myrtles all it's over like, the place. It's like when my mum took a chilli from Oaxaca, and now she's got a little chilli plant in Oh, a green that's house. cool.
0: Like yeah. a little Mexican yeah. bit of house. Yeah.
1: That's good. That's good.
0: Uh, well, that's all I've got. Is that all you've got? That's all i got. Well, it's some bloody ads then, isn't it? Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the US. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu/visit we We're introduced actually by a mutual friend. Welcome back you Sorry, I, I you opened your mouth as if you were going to say didn't know something. Who was going to do it? <laughs> yeah, well, it was me. Deal with it. We're going to do some listener feedback because that's what we do in the second half of the show now. Because you keep sending such bloody good stuff in to show at thewinsandartpod.com. Oh, they do. It's very nice. Um, shall I begin? Ooh, go uh, for it. This is from Cameron. Dear Dan and Joe. Firstly, I'd like to apologise for this email being a little late Since it concerns something that was mentioned on episode 5 of the show Updates I don't think that was episode 5, was it? I thought it was episode 8 I thought it was more recent than 5, but You've gone mad, mate And I have been a bit behind in listening Regardless, I was sitting in McDonald's last week Enjoying some life-shortening food whilst listening to your fine podcast Uh, He talks about how it was playing classical music Which is odd for a McDonald's When one of the emails that was read caught my attention this messaging question was sent in by a listener called Andrew, who talked about his exper- experiences being in a certain school which had the Worshipful Company of Brewers. Uh, if you don't remember, uh, there was just a guy who wrote in about Worshipful Companies because we talked about them, not knowing what they were, and he used to get taken on school trips and you get special age-appropriate beer money uh, for is this all a the students. That very odd.
1: People seemingly know
0: about. And there's two people now because. Uh, As a trust... Oh, sorry. On mention of this, my ears pricked up due to the fact that I attended the very same school, Dame Alice Owens, and was therefore pleased to hear this mentioned. However, this email is not merely a shout-out as a fellow fellow old Uh, Owenian. Uh, Owenian. (laughs) Owenian. I'm not joking, this was genuinely a term used to describe alumni of the school. As I have a hopefully interesting anecdote to add for listeners of the podcast. You decide. (laughs) On the on the particular occasion when my academic year group were taken to visit Brewers Hall near Moorgate in central London, which I go through every bloody Very day, close to us. it happened to be the year of the last royal wedding between, between Prince William and Kate Middleton. Therefore, in addition to being given the usual spiel about the history of the Brewers and the school, which I remember being mind-numbingly boring, we were also each given a commemorative coin of the wedding featuring the faces of Will and Kate, which was apparently worth £5. I'm not sure if this was something that was commonly given out to Year 7s on their visit in previous years, or just a special occasion due to the year in which we went. You can find a picture of the coin at the bottom of this email, and I don't know if you agree with me, but I always thought it was the most flattering depiction of the royal couple. I'm going to quickly skip forward and have a look at that. Oh, They look like beavers and birds. They look like death masks! <laughs> I don't know what's going on there. Like, I think... That's what Prince William would look like if he, one, had hair again, and B... I love that they've depicted that. ...was furious. He looks absolutely furious. That does not look like Kate Middleton. That looks like, I don't know, some sort of furious
1: witch? (laughs) It's a very odd choice of... uh, So they're both in profile... Genuinely William looks like Beavis. It's it's quite an in a, I was gonna I say a graven image, but it's not a nice word, but she looks haggard.
0: Yeah, it's not it's it's not a good It's not a fair replication no. of the Duchess, as we have to call her now. Uh blah blah blah. That's me catching up. As you know, <laughs> I don't. No, no. 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 I should note that this picture is not of my coin, but an identical one taken from the Telegraph, as
1: I have no <laughs> idea where the one I received is. It's very forensic in this email. It goes into a lot of detail about things. Well, this the thing is, the coin is like photographed on a blue background, it makes it look like he was involved in some kind of crime. What do you mean? Like it's been measured Oh, I like see It's been, like, photographed <laughs> yeah. by, like, a forensic detective That is detective. odd It's very strange
0: um, As far as I remember, being a naive 12-year-old with no understanding or appreciation for royal history I took it out of its pack- packaging, thereby ridding, of, ridding it of most of its value Ooh. And then shoved it in a drawer <laughs> Get in there, you freaks! <laughs> In addition, your previous (laughs) listener who emailed mentioned the tradition of giving students beer money at the end of each academic year Now this is what
1: we're talking about, come on
0: Although this may sound strange, one of the slightly more interesting parts of the aforementioned dull talk at Brewers Hall explained the origin of this practice In the early years of the school, which dates back to 1613 Students would be given this as a genuinely valuable means to purchase beer, which at the time was a far safer alternative than the polluted, disease-ridden water from the Thames. In addition, I am given to believe that the type of beer available in the 17th century was far more diluted than the product on sale today. This therefore gave rise to the tradition, which does not translate well to today, where this amount of money would barely buy you a packet of pork scratchings in most pubs, which, until you reach year 13, you in theory shouldn't be old enough to be served at anyway. I usually just took my limited beer money to spend on some crisps at the nearest newsagent, and many people I knew merely used it to subsidise their train and bus tickets home. Thank you for taking the time to read this message. Kind regards, Cameron. Cameron, that was a long and interesting email. You covered many different topics. I liked the picture, uh, you didn't give yourself a title If you would like to give yourself one You're allowed You don't have to tell us You can just do it
1: Yeah, we, we, I do like the titles The next email is from Friend of the show Natalie Who hasn't given herself a title She just says in brackets Natalie The royal title thing Is just not in me um, <laughs> Well, I'm going to give you one You can be Space Queen <laughs> It's pretty good. He didn't have to say that to be real. It's pretty good. Um, she goes, she says, I actually know about bee pollen. Oh, I know fantastic. That, I know that my colleague bought some into work last week following a conversation where we discussed the health benefits of honey. So he smelt it. It smells, I smelt it, it smells really like concentrated syrup, which is not as nice as the smell it sounds. Apparently, it's really healthy. So, this is pollen in its, Mm. like, raw form. But this was coming from a man who ate rainforest algae pills. Sorry, I'm absolutely murdering. Rainforest algae pills? My contacts are going all over the place. Ate rainforest algae pills that the previous tenant left behind in the cupboard. Don't do that. Because the bottle said it was good for you. There could be, like, horny goat weed, that stuff you buy in pub toilets. And she says, I can't even confirm it was the tenant directly previous to him. So he <laughs> might, might have eaten, like, ten-year-old... Generations-old rainforest old algae, algae pills.
0: pills. Um, so we were talking briefly. I don't have any
1: memory of talking about bee pollen or honey. When did we talk about that? I don't know. I thought, Was it last week? Because I don't know if anyone noticed before last week's episode, me and Joe had a few pints. Has
0: Natalie uh,
1: emailed the wrong podcast?
0: <laughs> what were we talking about? This is it's, going to be very embarrassing. It's to so with the cake.
1: Mm, maybe.
0: Are we talking would... about honey being good?
1: This is very unprofessional. <laughs> if it was on last week's episode, all I'm saying is we had a few beers. It was fantastic. I enjoyed myself. There you go.
0: Right. Thanks, Nathalie. I apologise, but you are a space queen now, so it's fine. You can do what you like. This comes... well, I'm going to leave that till the end because it's a very good name. Hi, guys. I'm going to skip some praise. I listened to the whole thing so... well, this is about the podcast. I shouldn't have done it. I've ruined it now. I'm just going to read it. Love the podcast. I listened to the whole thing so far on a drive from San
1: Francisco to Los Angeles. That's amazing. Is it that long a drive? Yeah, it's a good, like, seven hours. What? America's stupid it's big. It's too big,
0: isn't it? It's too big. Split it up, make it little islands. Uh, and it made the time fly by. I'm an L.A. college student. Again, mental. What are you listening to this for? What are you getting out of this? You're brilliant. And love learning things all... About, sorry, and love learning about all the random royal wedding specifics. Well, this has been full of them, because we didn't have much else to talk about. One thing in the parties episode caught my attention. You mentioned one of the Soho farmhouse clientele, Cressida Bonus. We did. I thought it'd be worth mentioning that Cressida Bonus is in fact one of Harry's exes. They dated from two thousand twelve to two thousand fourteen. I had no idea. I knew I'd heard the name. Mm. It's probably because I've read it loads of times. <laughs> gone over again. That's a mad name. That's good in it. You guys also mentioned possible baby names Harry and Meghan would choose. I'm very highly invested in baby name trends and predictions. I didn't know that was a thing. And hopefully, you get this email before the baby's born. We did. The bookie's most favourite names for Will and Kate's new baby are Mary, Alice, and Victoria for a girl, and Frederick, Albert, and Arthur for a boy. Imagine if it was Arthur. Can't be King, really. Well, it's unlikely it'd be King Arthur. King Arthur. Bring King Arthur. Arthur back. That'd be brilliant. While my bets are on Alice or Arthur, it is the consensus from many trend rese- researchers that whichever of these names that Kate and William don't use, they will be used by Harry and Meghan. I feel that's one area they're not going to book trend. I don't know. Meghan might insist on... Carraway. Cool. in <laughs> <getaway> Incubi. <laughs> King Carraway. <laughs> <laughs> Although many sources believe that if they have a boy, he will be named Henry. And there's the possibility of the use of Diana as well. That would be nice For a boy Not for a boy <laughs> <laughs> Feel free to place Your bets here If you've still got time Oh we can place Literally place bets On this I don't think I will Here's my go to Baby name website's Thoughts Nameberry.com We should read that Because that's good That might so be a wh- fun Why
1: don't we come back With some of our picks Next week Oh that is a good idea Let's remember so Let's to definitely do that.
0: remember To do that Will we like Who polls. knows Thanks so much For all the laughs And then this is brilliant Lady Cecily Bockanek. I might have murdered that name, but I apologise from one hard-to-say name to another. Bokanak. Bocanek, And this is what's good. She is an actual lady. As in, she deserves that title. What? Because I bought a one-square-foot plot of land in Scotland, so I'm technically a member of the aristocracy now. You're allowed to do that. You can buy plots of land like and become a lady of or lord.
1: So there you go. Well done, Cecily. Um... What well, a great name. Another he's great good. name here. This is Zeke. Zeke! This is Zeke. Um, he sounds like he's the high school star quarterback. We just he, he does start, howdy fellas. <laughs> oh, yes please. American listener, I guessed. And You're called fe- Zeke, mate. And, and, you don't need to introduce yourself that way. <laughs> and, f- and in brackets, and fellow fake cheese lover. Aren't we all? Bro? Oh, mate. Um, and I have to say, I'm very impressed how interesting you've made this whole royal wedding business. I'm reading the praise again. Thank you. Nothing You can't stop me <laughs> This isn't the sort of thing I normally go in for Us either But you two are a delight To listen to Oh Thanks, thanks mate Anyway The reason I'm writing in Is to offer a counterpoint To your Megan Edward III Based theory Which what? is something you outlined yes. In the very first episode Of The Windsor Knot. I did Were Can you just give us a little She is uh, t- I actually reread this today She
0: is 240 uh, points down in the family tree from Edward III, who was uh, the king who made many of the uh, alterations to Windsor Castle that we see today. So you postulate
1: the theory that this was some kind of long play. Oh, it's a huge long to game from the Plantagenet the monarchy and take it over. Yeah, now Zeke's going to outline an opposing theory. You're going to have to try pretty hard, Zeke. I won't claim this theory as my own. I saw it online, but it immediately made sense to me, and it is thus. Oh, I know what this is going to be, and it is a good theory. To be President of the United States, you must be a natural-born citizen. Further, according to the US Constitution, to be born a natural American citizen, you must either be born inside the United States, or one of your parents must be a citizen of the United States. Since Meghan is an American citizen. Mm. Her children with Harry will be natural citizens, thus eligible to run for president of the United States. So this engagement is actually a master plan by the British monarchy to reabsorb the American colonies into the British Empire. Now, I can't say what Meghan's citizen status will be once she marries into the British royal family or what rules apply to American expats, but I have to tip my hat to your deviousness in this instance. To be fair, we're not doing so hot running things ourselves. So I, for one, welcome our new posh overlords.
0: <laughs> I'd, quite, I, I'd like to say, Zeke, that is that a counterpoint or is that an extension? Is she playing long game number one? She is returning the throne to Plantagenet hands. Long game number two, reuniting and extending the land of the great Plantagenet dynasty into the new world that it never quite conquered itself.
1: Is she in She's fact? She's the woman that could do it. She is, and all I'd say to you is, welcome home. <laughs> <laughs> he says, keep up the good work, Lieutenant Governor of the Great Lakes Territory of the Greater British Empire. Oh, fair play, mate. We, uh, we'll, we'll give you that. We'll get give-
0: yourself a nice triangular hat because we're going to be making you wear them again. <laughs> that's what I think. That's what <laughs> we. I think that's what we did. <laughs> is, that, is, that, is that why they left? <laughs> yeah, they were forced to wear those triangular hats. I've seen them in Hamilton. One. Just They're you, very angry Just because you
1: wanted to have a little fake Christmas a month before actual Christmas. Oh, it's weird, though, isn't it? Yeah.
0: I never know where I stand with Thanksgiving. Are you meant to say Happy Thanksgiving even if you're not American?
1: It looks lovely, but ma- imagine having to like, do Christmas a month before Christmas. It sounds like a right pain in the eye. But
0: arc. does everyone have turkey on Christmas as well in the US? I don't know. Is it double Turks? November Turks? Actually,
1: Turk. can, can American listeners write in and tell us that? What
0: please? do you eat on Christmas Day? You triangular head freaks. <laughs> I love uh, you. <laughs> Please keep listening,
1: especially you, Zeke. Yeah, so if you want to email us and tell us about that, uh, you can email us at show at WindsorNotPod.com, follow us on Twitter at the Windsor Not Pod, or you should listen to the podcast and then try on iTunes to review it. Some people are struggling with this. You can give it five stars, do that. If you can't, obviously you're experiencing technical difficulties and you should leave it alone. Five stars and nothing.
0: You can do whatever you like. But as long as you're happy, we don't care. That was an attempt mm. at sincerity, but I sounded angry about it. I want five stars. Okay, I want five stars too, actually. Bye. Bye.